0: Well, praise God. He's amazing. Amen. Get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would, go into the Old Testament Genesis. Actually, don't do that. Go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. I've got one of these messages this morning that's all over the place. I'm just believing God by the Holy Ghost to bring it all into a certain point that you'll be blessed today. Um, I preached this message. I I preached a message last Wednesday night. And uh, that I had been working on when I was uh, off last week or two weeks ago, whenever it is. You know, you kind of get lost after you've gone and you come home. You don't know where it is. All I know is it's hot. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, anyway, and I started preaching this and I started Wednesday night and I titled it, uh, What's That You Say? And so I preached it one way, then I was looking over it and praying about it. And after I got through preaching it, I saw a whole other message. And so, if you were here Wednesday night, you heard the message, you're not going to hear the same thing again, because I'm going in a completely different direction, but it'll be the same scriptures. So, anyway, you can go look at listen to the Wednesday nights if you want to hear that version. This is the same message, version two. So Hebrews 4:12 says, The Word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even into the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it is a discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, what I want you to understand here this morning about this message this message is about faith, okay? Just simply about faith. And at the end of it, I hope that you leave service and that your your faith is charged, your faith is energized, you believe in God more uh, and stand upon his promises more than ever before. But you got to understand something about the Word of God. The Word of God can have an effect on your life, and it can change your life, and it can bless you if you allow it to. Okay? If you mix faith with it, it can. But then let me just run a few things by you. First thing is, is I, I, you know, I don't want to show hands. Don't need anything. Don't need anybody to agree with me or disagree with me, okay? I just need you to, to a- answer this question to yourself. Has anyone ever spoken words to you? In life that discouraged you, wounded you, or hurt you, okay? And if they did and you somebody said something ugly to you and it affected your life, and if you never dealt with it, it had a lasting effect upon your life for years and years and years. So in a sense, that word was a living word having an effect upon your soul, right? The same way Is if someone ever spoke positive to you, somebody ever encouraged you, somebody ever said, you know, you can do it every time you come upon a hardship, then you hear those words again ringing off. Those words are living. Those words are there, whether they be good words or bad words, right? Okay, and I caught some flack on this one, but it doesn't make any difference. It's what what statistics say, that in life, men speak about 25,000 words a day. Now... I've already been challenged that around here, men don't speak 25,000 words. Now, the next part I haven't really been challenged on, just got a few ugly looks, is that women speak 50,000 words a day. It's the truth. That's what they said. But you say, well, we don't speak 50,000 words. Well, that's what the statistics say. Women speak twice as many words in a day. But listen, I I figured it out. Men, you do speak 25,000 words a day. You just don't speak them out of your mouth. You speak them in your head. And those count. Hear me now, those count. Because see, you didn't say anything when your wife said something, because see, she spoke her 50,000. And they went out, and you heard them, and you just kept your 25 in and didn't say it, but you did in your head. Uh-huh? Smart man, kept his mouth shut, but he still spoke the words. he just ran off in your head. Okay? So if you're walking along all day long and the word coming on the inside of your head, whether you're saying it out loud or you're hearing it in your head is, you know, it's going to be a bad day today. It's not going to work. Nothing's going to work. It's going to... Listen to me. You're going to talk yourself into a place of doubt and unbelief, a place of discouragement and despair. Right? If you're walking along saying, oh, man, God's with me today. Everything's looking good. Everything's going to go great. Now, the deal is, is that the world for a long time, Went about it and, they, and, and, and always talked about the power of positive thinking. Books are written on this. People went into this, this, got in this movement of power of positive thinking. But the problem with that is, is it doesn't do any good to have the power of positive thinking if your word isn't based on something that can happen and is powerful enough to bring it to pass like God's word. Okay? You just saying everything's going to be okay, that doesn't really cut any weight. But you're saying my God's with me and everything's going to be okay. Now you've changed it because you're doing what Hebrews 4 says. The word of God's alive; It's powerful. It can move in your life and it can do something. Amen. Okay. It's amazing to me that we live in a society today that is absolutely full of fear. Our whole world is based on fear. This morning I went and just started looking up uh, news feeds. And you cannot imagine if you read them and you believe them. Now, I don't know how much truth in them, but I'm just saying, if you just took it and you just, folks, listen to me, I'd be digging a hole this morning. I mean, you got, you got, you got people saying there's a recession coming. You got people saying, you know, uh, hepatitis outbreak. You got, a, you got, the Russians are going crazy. You got nuclear uh, problems everywhere. You know, I mean, it just, you read it and it's fear, 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 fear. There's no faith. And nobody's standing up and saying, man, I tell you what, the next, hey, listen, have y'all heard this yet? The next presidential election is going to be the greatest ever. Things are going to be great. This country is on the verge of a great breakthrough of greatness. No matter what you say, no matter what political party you're for, everything is terrible. If this one gets elected, it's terrible. If this one gets elected, it's terrible. It's terrible. But ain't nobody saying nothing, any positive thing that this is America. We will arise from the ashes and the heaps and we will go forward because this is a great nation. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying, oh, heaven forbid, God is for us. Are y'all with me? The whole world's full of fear. Well, the United States, it's all based on fear. The news, the Internet, the TV, everything's pushing fear. You know why? Just listen to me. I'm going to tell you, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked to know why. You know why? Because fear sells. Folks, listen to me. I believe in one scripture in the Bible so true, and it's at the root of all evil is money. And I want to tell you something. People are selling fear because fear makes money. And the second thing fear does is it controls you. If everybody's full of fear, then everybody can be controlled because we have to do this. Listen, have y'all noticed that uh, you, you watch television and they advertise some new drug, all right, that cures whatever ails you, right? And then at the end of the commercial, this lovely commercial of the woman with the dog running through the daisies and life is great and her husband's blowing kisses at her because she is totally and completely healed and well now because of this drug. And then it tells you the side effects, and you listen to the side effects and you're like, "Oh my gosh. How? How could you? How could you even think about taking this if that, you know what I'm saying, the fear comes in. First it's the this is a cure all and then it's like, "Oh my god, could I take it?" You know, would I take it? It's going to, you know? And some of the things they say is like, "You didn't even know it was possible for that to happen." It's like, holy cow, that really could happen? Are y'all with me? So they're kind of, you know why they have to do that? Because they're basing it off of fear. Think about this. They don't want to get sued. So fear is motivating them because they just, by, you know, in, in a faith sense, just put out the greatest drug, but then they... Fear motivated them to have to put this little disclosure on the bottom. You know, you could have this. And like I said, the this is sometimes. I didn't know your body was possible to do that, you know. Because we're motivated all by fear. I'll tell you something. God did not create you to operate in fear. Hear me this morning. If you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. God created you to operate in faith, not in fear. And if you're living in fear or anything you're doing is about fear, then I want to tell you something. You're you're trying to run your diesel truck on gasoline because you're not created, as a born-again Christian, you are not created to run on fear. You're created to run on faith. Faith is what's supposed to be coming out of your mouth. Faith is what's supposed to be speaking to you in your head. Faith is what's supposed to be all around you, not fear. Fear. Folks, listen to me. I cannot tell you what is coming in the future. What tomorrow brings. I don't know. But I know this. If my God is for me, then nothing can be against me. Right? I know that if that if God created me to operate in faith and believe in him, well then I'll stand and I'll do that. I'll operate in faith and say, God, you can meet me out of this. You can make this work out because I know it's what fuels the born-again spirit on the inside of me. I know what it's what brings about in my life proper balance and puts everything in order because I got to operate on faith, not fear. Can I have an amen? Amen. I'm not going to be a doomsday prepper. Now, I live in the country, so I'm smart. We ran out of water last week, okay? Pump went down right? You've got to get prepared for some things like that. You better have you a bag of beans somewhere and a pot to cook it in if you have to. We live in the country. Electricity goes off, storm comes in, you know, whatever. You better be smart. But I'm not talking about digging a hole and preparing for the worst because I want to tell you something. You can't prepare for years and years. You can live off the grid for a while, but God didn't call me to live off the grid. God called me to preach the gospel, right? I want to get down to the place where I believe God for the pot that keeps making food. I want to do the Elijah, Elisha miracle thing happening, right? I want everybody to say, oh my God, it's poison. I say, I throw a little salt on it. It'll be okay. You can eat it. Are y'all with me? I want to move over to the realms of the supernatural of God, not dig a hole and hide myself from the world. Because we have to turn our lives and we have to get out of this fear mentality. We have to get out of fear. We cannot let fear rule us. Now, wisdom is something, but I'm talking fear. I'm talking about fear based in your life. Now, God's word always will take an effect in your life if you'll mix faith with it. Let's read uh, Hebrews uh, 4.1. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear least any of you seem to have come short of it. He said that really the only thing to fear is the fear that you're not walking with God. For indeed, the gospel is preached unto us as well unto them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So the word didn't have an effect in their life because they didn't mix faith with it. So if you say this morning, you hear the word. Uh, simple one, John 3, 16, God so loved the world. Oh, God, God didn't love me. Well, you're not mixing faith with what the word said, because the word says God loves you. Everybody say God loves me. Look at the person beside you saying God loves you. Okay, so if you're going to still let the word kick off in your head, nobody loves me. Nobody ever loved me. God doesn't love me. I'm too much of a mess up. I've I've, I've done too much wrong. I've done this. Well, listen to me. You're not feeding faith to the word. You're feeding faith to fear and doubt and unbelief. So what's going to take effect in your life is fear, doubt and unbelief. Because that's what you're feeding faith to. Faith causes the word to become alive. Fear is going to bring rest. I mean, faith is going to bring rest. Fear is going to bring torment. It's your choice. Listen to me. How many of you in life, you would admit to it, again, you don't have to raise your hand, but you would admit to it, that you have worried about something, been fearful about something, and it never happened? All right. And all that time you waste on it, it never happened. Okay? So all I'm saying is, is just because it's fearful, just because it looks like that, it doesn't even mean it's going to happen. And you may be fueling it and wasting your time. Now, go to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Throughout the Bible, God is always repeatedly saying over again, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear the angel shows up and says, oh, don't fear, right? You always read that, but we pass over it so much. We just breeze over it. Do not fear. It says in Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You see, what happens to us, churches, we spend so much time in fear, we talk ourselves out of what the gospel says. Because my Bible says that God's for us, not against us, and he is always with us. So then he either is or he isn't. See, we put God on too much of a plane of trying to be like human beings, because human beings, we wake up in the morning and then we determine how we're going to be. God wakes up in the morning, if he even sleeps, but he wakes up in the morning and he's always positive because he's God. He's always in charge and not worried. He and Jesus are not sitting on the throne room, wringing their hands, saying, oh, my God, the world's going to pot. What are we going to do? God's not. Now, I want you to go to Genesis 15. I'm going kind of fast because I'm still reviewing what I did Wednesday night. I haven't got to the point yet for this morning. In Genesis 15:1, God appears into Abraham and he starts speaking to him. And it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid. See, here we go. Do not be afraid. Don't operate in fear. Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. A really good translation of that, the way that should have been written, it should say, I'm your shield and your reward is going to be exceedingly great. Matter of fact, the New Living Translation translates it that way. In other words, God's saying, I'm with you. And because I'm with you, ah, man, you're going to be exceedingly blessed. I'm with you, and so your reward is going to be exceedingly. In other words, folks, listen to me. We got to come to this place. Where just because they wanted to take the Ten Commandments out of school, did we get to the place in life that we begin to think God couldn't operate? Where did we come into this place and give into this, this, this Fear in the world that because yo, know, we're not supposed to talk about God, that God no longer is in existence around here. Where is the place of the faith that we need to be and we need to get to in your life where we rise up and say, wait a minute, if God's for me, who can be against me? God is my shield, and I'm extremely exceeding, exceedingly rewarded because of it. Now, there's two kinds of shields that are talked about in the Old Testament. One kind of shield's called a buckler, and that's the one that's a big one. It's a, like almost the size of a man. Sometimes they had shield bearers that would carry them out into the battle, and that's the one that was pretty tall that when they shot arrows, you could get down behind because you had a wall. And then they had another shield, a smaller shield, and that's the one you fought in battle with. That's the one that, that was small enough that you could maneuver easily. And a shield was, man, it was powerful. You could, you could do all kinds of things with the shield. That when it says right here, I'm your shield right here, it doesn't mean the one you stand behind. It means the one that goes with you every day, that fights battles for you every day, that's in the middle of war and in the middle of every situation that comes your way, that God becomes your shield. Folks, listen to me. God doesn't lose. If he is your shield... And because he's your shield, you're going to have an exceeding great reward. But folks, listen to me, you really can't lose as long as you're there standing by God and he's your shield. The only way you can lose is if you let the devil torment you and get you into fear and you give up and walk away. And that's not what God called you to do. That's not what he created you to do. He created you to be an overcomer and more than a conqueror. Hello? I've told you about. This before, you know, it's like a lot of my stories. It's probably number 13 about what is a more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror is, to understand that, is the prize fighter who goes to the fight. He trains, he works out, he does all this kind of stuff. He goes into the prize fight, finally that's there, the bout. He fights, he fights, he goes 15 rounds, his face is beat up, he's beat this guy up, but he wins, he wins the championship. He gets the belt, he gets the check, he comes home, his wife is standing there and he hands the check to her. He's a conqueror, she's a more than a conqueror. And when God says to you that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, that means you're the one sitting at the house waiting for the check. He's doing the work. He's the shield. He's the one doing the fighting. And you're the one waiting for the benefit, for the blessing, for the power and what God's going to do. And we let the devil talk us out of it. We sit on the sidelines. We whine and we cry and we, we, we boohoo and we, we rub our eyes and say, we can't do it. We're not going to make it. When God's sitting there saying, what are you talking about? And I'm your shield. And because of that, you're going to have an exceeding great reward. That word is true for each and every one of you. You might as well take out the word Abram there and write your name in there because that's what God says to you today. If you're by faith a believer in Jesus Christ. All right? So he, he, I don't want to get into Genesis 15, but God cuts this covenant with Abram. Okay? And now I want you to go over to Genesis 17. God, he makes this covenant with Abraham. I may come back there in just a minute, but I want to show you something else. He makes this covenant with Abraham. He says, I'm going to be, I'm your exceeding great reward. I'm your shield. I'm here with you. I'm going to be there. Yeah, there's going to be some adversities in life. Yes, there's always Philistines. Yes, there's always Amorites and Canaanites and the Ike family trying to take you out. Yes, it's always going to be some fighting. Yes, there's always going to be some things. But no matter what, I'm going to be with you and you'll never be defeated. It's always going to be victory. And if things get too bad, come on up here and live with me. Right? Okay. 24 years goes by after God cuts his covenant with Abraham. 24 years of God said, here's the promise. It's for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to be your shield and exceeding rare. And in 24 years, Abraham or Abram never had a child, which is what he was wanting. Genesis 17, 1, God shows back up. Now, Abram is 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram, and he said in him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for behold, my covenant is with you, and, and shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. 24 years had gone to pass since God promised him that he would do this. 24 years of them trying to have a kid, no kid. 24 years of going through the motions and nothing happening. Abraham's discouraged. He's blaming it on God. Hear me now. Abraham's blaming the problem on God, saying you didn't do it. And God said, hey, I'm going to have to help you. Again, I'm paraphrasing. God says, "Abram, I'm going to have to help you because you're not getting it done you're not understanding how to operate in my principles of faith so what i'm going to do is i'm going to change your name from abram meaning a father to abraham meaning a father of many nations i'm going to ma- i'm going to change your name you no longer are called abram now you're going to say out of your mouth continue abraham 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 people are going to greet you hey abraham If they don't, they say, hey, Abram, you say, listen, I'm sorry, the Lord changed my name. My name's Abraham, father of many nations. Everybody's going to call you that. All your servants are going to call you that. All your business partners are going to call you that. All the people that you meet, you tell them your name's Abraham. They're going to call you Abraham. All he heard coming into his ears all the time was Abraham, 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 Abraham. From the time God changed his name from Abram to Abraham in one year, they had a child. The child of promise was born. What happened? Think about it. Nothing changed. God's promise to Abraham was still the same. He had already been there. His promise was good for 24 years. It had never come to pass. Was God just waiting for him to become 99? I don't believe so. I believe God said, I better hurry up and help Abraham here because the boy's 99. He ain't going to make it much longer and they got to have a kid. So he shows up and does the one thing that is he changes what comes out of his mouth. Changed what came out of his mouth so that he had to hear with his ears a father of many nations. Faith kicked into then the promise that God had given Abraham, and one year later, the kid was born. Folks, listen to me. You may be wondering why you're not seeing God moving in your life, and I'm asking you this morning, what's coming out of your mouth? You may be saying, I don't see God moving. I don't see these things happening. I don't see this. And I'm asking you, what's coming out of your mouth and what's going around on the inside of your head? Because if outside your mouth saying, oh, everything's perfect. God is great. And inside of your head, you're going, ah, you're in conflict. The Bible says you only see things move when you're in agreement. You know what I get to thinking about? And I don't know. This is a stretch. This is a big stretch. Okay, but, you know, it's August in Texas. And have you noticed that when August is coming, have you noticed when we're in June and we have a hot day and you're talking to all of us around here and you say, man, it's really hot today. And what will come out of our mouth? Yeah, wait till August gets here. (laughs) Right. And then when August is here and we're scorching, what do we do? We turn around and tell everybody, man, it's hot, it's hot, you know. Well, we just spoke it into existence. (laughs) I mean, we've got exactly what we've all said. All right? Now, I don't know that we can literally change the temperature around here if we would change our confession, but I'm just saying we got just what we said. And I'm telling you, what you're walking in is a product of what you're saying and what you're believing. If you're. Whatever you're doing in life, if you're in business and you're trying to take on a new project and you say, Man, this thing's gonna be tough. It's always tough. It's always hard. I don't know how you know. I don't know. Well, folks, that's exactly what you're gonna walk in. The only way God could change Abraham, Abram, to Abraham, and get the promise working was to get his mouth lined up. Let me show you another one. Go to the book of Luke, chapter one. Luke chapter one, the story of Zechariah, verse 13. Zechariah. Is in, the, in there doing his priestly duties, an angel appears to him, tells him that his wife's going to have a child, and Elizabeth's going to bring forth John the Baptist, and it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he, turned, and he will turn like many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He also will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient of the wisdom of the just, to the just of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said, now, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Now, folks, he's seeing an angel. He's seeing Gabriel talking to him. Now, that was a kind of a stupid thing to say because, I mean, he's having this vision at Gabriel standing right there and he immediately What he said, what Zechariah was saying was, yeah, I know you're an angel and all, but I'm old. I don't know how you can change anything in the physical. Right? Is that not what he said? He said, he's basically saying, yeah, I know you're an angel, but, you know, can you do anything in the physical realm? And I'm telling you, church, people today do not believe God can do anything in the physical realm. I figured up in this message that I, uh, that I preached on Wednesday night, that if, there, if, if men are speaking 25,000 words and women are 50, and I, and I did some figuring there, that means that 125... Wait, I got to look. I don't want to lie. That's what I say, too. Well, where, where is it? 126 billion words are spoken every minute on planet Earth. I'm talking about all over the world. Everybody's speaking. If they use that, that that figures out the same. I just did the math. 126 billion words are being spoken. How many of them do you think have any faith mixed with it? How many negative words of the 126 billion do you think there are? You're always going to find more people that will stand around and tell you what you can't do than those that will encourage you to do what you can do. And I'm here today to tell you that if you get your speech lined up with the Word of God, there is nothing that's impossible for you. Because God can work in the middle of this physical world. And don't be like Zechariah and say, well, I'm, I don't know how you're going to do this. So the angel didn't have any choice. He didn't have any choice at all. He said, you know what, Zechariah? He said, um, and the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. <laughs> do you hear that? Do you hear those words? I am Gabriel. Who stands in the presence of God. You don't think I can pull this off? Fool. <laughs> Do you see how ignorant we are, folks? That you would stand up to Gabriel and say, hey, he can't pull this one off. Behold, you will be mute, not able to speak until the day these saints take the place. Listen to me. John the Baptist had to come before Jesus. Mary's already gotten an agreement with Gabriel for Jesus to be born. So now we got a problem. Here comes Jesus, but he's got to have the forerunner to fulfill the prophecies, John the Baptist, and Zechariah is about to blow it. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how the communication goes between angels in heaven. You know, I don't know if there's like, you know, whatever. But I can kind of see, like, let me just give me this one, okay? Gabriel steps back and says, uh, yeah, we got a problem down here. <laughs> Zechariah, he ain't, he ain't not cooperating. The guy said, well, do what you need to. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Zechariah, ah! said, okay, if he can't talk, he can't speak doubt and unbelief, because if he does, he's going to stop the forerunner to Jesus coming, John the Baptist. So we got to shut this boy up before he kills faith and it won't work. So, folks, listen to me. Don't get struck mute. Don't get struck mute. And you can say, well, I don't know what the truth is, but I'm just not going to say anything. Won't work. You know why? Because the words are still going to be going off in your head. And those words going off in your head are going to talk you out of anything that'll move in faith you know I, as i in, in my limited travels that i go around and do you know i, I learn right quick to read people and and I've, I've always had the ability to pretty much read people and and uh so i read people and I, when i like the other day i had a problem i think i told you all this that uh i was we were headed to guatemala and my tickets didn't look right something just didn't look right on my tickets and then all of a sudden, I realized that I had two separate tickets. There was one ticket booked. I was holding them in my hand and for two different segments of flight. One was booked as Robert Richards, and the other one was booked as Dr. Robert Richards. And, and, and I noticed the numbers didn't line up right in my, uh, my everything, and I so I thought, something's not right here. And so I went over, and as I walked up to the counter, I quickly made an assessment of the lady that was behind the counter of how to handle her. And so as I looked at her and I said, you better be nice. She just had that look. Like if I went up there and said, ma'am, something write my tickets. She was going to say, I don't care. Sit down and shut up. (laughs) Are you following me? So I had to make an assessment quick of what I was going to say out of my mouth because I knew the words that I'd say out of my mouth, are these going to produce fruit or not? Folks, listen to me. God's word is the same coming out of your mouth. It will produce fruit. When you mix faith with it, when it goes out of your mouth, you'll see results. But if you're going to let the wrong words come out of your mouth, then you're going to get just what came out of your mouth. So Gabriel just struck him dumb. He said, this guy's literally, I mean, I can just see him scratching and saying, man, this guy is literally, what an idiot. I mean, I'm just thinking, like Gabriel, he probably, maybe he's more righteous than me. He ain't quite as redneck. But I would have just been sitting there, what an idiot you're about to cause of the whole demise of the gospel because you can't believe that I can do anything and I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of Almighty God. I'm an angel appearing to you. <laughs> and you were just in here as a priest doing the priestly duties. That's kind of like the story over in Acts, right? When they're all praying for Peter to get out of jail. And they're all having a big prayer meeting. And then there's a knock on the door. And it's Peter because the angels turned him loose. And the girl runs in there and runs back and says, Peter's outside the door. And they're all like, oh, what's wrong with you? What have you been drinking? Are you getting a, did you get in the communion wine over there? What have you been doing over there? Ain't, Peter ain't outside. Well, that's just what they were praying for. till finally somebody goes, oh, be it is Peter. And a lot of times we're like that. We're praying prayers and we don't believe God's going to do anything. We're shooting up prayers left and right because we're religious people and we're, we're, we're trying to be good and we're launching up prayers and we're saying all these things out of our mouth, but do we even believe that what we're saying is going to come to pass? And all I'm saying to is it's time for us to rise up and to shake off this, this, these heavy bands of, of fear in this world base of is in fear and start walking like men and women of God. And start walking like we are Christians and that we are saved. And we don't need to be hoity and, 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 you know, elevate our nose and think that we're better than everybody else. But we need to be speaking faith. And I'm not, you know, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, you really can't get off if you just stay on the word of God, right? If God, if you're believing God... For what his word says. Now, if you're stretching things and being goofy and believing for all kinds of crazy things, well, then you're a nut and I don't know what to do with you. You know, you need more than, you know, you need an intensive freedom prayer, you know. But uh, I'm just talking about your normal daily activities, your normal things that come. All of us get a bill once in a while, they're like, ugh. Oh. You say, well, God, I just thank that you, you prosper me. You prosper me in all my ways. God, that's what you call me. You're my shield and my exceeding great reward. You're going to make a, be a way where there seems to be no way because that's the kind of God you are. And the devil comes to you and says, well, why would God give you anything? And you say, because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, because the blood of Jesus is over my body because I was smart enough to get saved. I'm going to heaven. You're going to hell. So there, take that. <laughs> well, but God knows what you did. Okay, I repent for what I did. Okay, now you got nothing to say. I have this message. I'm going to preach it. I can't do it till this morning. I'm going to come out and preach it about, I mean, about your authority that is really amazing. Because I want to tell you something, the devil's going to accuse you all the time, but listen, the Lord's the one that always rebukes him. And all you got to do is keep yourself under the blood of Jesus and keep yourself under repentance. And, and, and listen, if you're sitting in here today or you're out there listening and watching the broadcast and, and you don't really want to serve God and you're just sitting here listening and you really don't want to serve God and you don't want to do good and you don't want to be right, and you really want to be a hellion and you really want to serve the devil, well then, yeah, the Word of God's not going to have any effect on your life because that's not where you want to be. But for all of those of us who want to live righteously and want to live in God and want to live for God and want to do right and want to see God move, by the way, the the the, the scripture, this the, the plan this week is 1 Thessalonians 5, and if you go read it, it's all about the coming of the Lord. I'm not saying Jesus is coming tomorrow, but I sure would wish wished you would. He is coming back, okay? And we need to need to look at all that. But anyway, my point is, is folks, we've got to be speaking faith. We've got to be walking in the thanks of faith and speaking faith. Let me give you one more word. Let me, one more scripture here. Go to Mark chapter 11 and just give you a couple more things here just a Mark 11:22. 22. This is a story about when Jesus cursed a fig tree, it withered, and died, and uh, the disciples saw it, and they were asking him about it, and it says in 1122, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you that whosoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things, when you ask, when you pray, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. How can he put something like that? How can he say something like that? How can it be written in red if there's no truth in it? But you see what he says? Whoever says, what are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your mouth? Because you're supposed to be saying things that move mountains. And those mountains are the issues and the problems that come against you in life. Now, give me one more scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.16. 2 Corinthians 4.16. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Here what he says. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. There's this key of living this life. Of yes, we're getting older. Yes, our bodies may be slowing up. Yes, we may not be able to function like we used to function. But the secret to living in victory is you have to be renewing yourself inside. You have to be getting hold of God's word every day. You have to be going through it every day, renewing yourself. You have to be exercising in the spirit. There's no doubt in my mind that if you physically exercise, you will get in better shape. Okay? And there's also no doubt in my mind that if you will spiritually exercise, you will get in better spiritual shape. The problem I've seen in life over the past 25 years of pastoring this church is too many people wait till the last minute when things are in shambles before they try to build faith or learn about God. And then when they're in that fight, it's too great. I'm telling you, you need to be a giant in the spirit. You need to be building yourself all the time. You need to be doing everything you can to build yourself and build up your faith and strengthen your faith all the time. You need to know. Quit going to every preacher trying to figure out what the Bible says. Read it for yourself. Okay. Now, I love this part. For our light affliction, you may say, well, I don't know who he's talking about. I ain't got no light affliction. I got to have major affliction. But Our light affliction, which is, but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. This principle right here, if you can get your mouth lined up and get your eyes on eternal things, like things of God, like God moving. I don't care if you sit around and just meditate all day long on what do you think Gabriel looked like. I can guarantee you, well, I guess I shouldn't guarantee you. I'd never seen Gabriel, but I don't think he's one of those little fat, dumpy angels. <laughs> I don't get that impression that he's like one of those little fat, dumpy Cupid angels flying around. It just, eh, I don't think so. Michael, I, I don't think he'd be one of those little fat, fat, dumpy angels flying around. I, I kind of got a pretty good impression, pretty good-sized old boys. Take your breath away. That's why they always say, don't fear Cause you're going, oh. <laughs> right? And if there was a little fat dumpy went over there, you say, "What is? This? Look at that thing right there!" Can he even get off the ground? His wings big enough to get him off? <laughs> Am I right? You're not gonna say. Oh. But if he shows up, you're like, oh. okay. Whatever it is, you gotta get quit thinking. Listen, quit imagining. All the fear that's being thrown to you on the news. Oh, what if this does happen? You know, we're going to get by. Lord have mercy, our ancestors lived on deer and whatever. And we're not so far off from that. We're country folk. Right? We're always going to be around. You can get rid of us like cockroaches. Always show up. We'll always survive. right? May not have as much comfort as we did, but we're going to survive, right? And quit imagining all this bad. Oh, what if? Quit playing what if. Start putting your mind on the things of the Spirit, the mind on your mind on the things uh, that have eternal weight to them. Start imagining what it's like in the courts of heaven. Start imagining what it's like when God moves in your life, when God brings these things to pass. Start imagining what it's like when God just starts pulling off miracles for you left and right. I was kind of having a rough day the other day. And, and uh just seemed like I was just harassed with just lots of negative thoughts. And I was just fighting them off and, and saying, no, Lord, you're going to do that. And something came up. And, and I said, Lord, I really need an answer for that. And I'm telling you, I got to town, uh, from my house to town, and uh, it takes less than eight minutes. And in eight minutes, the whole situation was fixed. And so then I said to the Lord, Well, you know, you really worked out, but not quick. You know, there's some other ones over here I've been waiting on for a while. I mean, you can. And I kind of felt the Holy Ghost say to me, you know, man, aren't you something? Just pull that off right there in eight minutes, and you're over here. And I said, Well, you know, I just thought I'd throw it in. If you could do that in eight minutes, why can you do and mess with this over here? But you know I'm quick to repent and God knows me, He loves me. But y'all with me. I don't understand why some things take more time. I don't understand where those things are going. All I know to do is to get yourself going, get your mind on, on, on the heavenly things, start speaking faith out of your mouth, and put one foot in front of the other and start walking, and believe God to just do the miracles and to make it all happen, to line up and just go on. And like you said, you may, you may be uh, Psalms 91, a thousand may be falling at my side. You ever hear that? And 10,000 at my right hand? I mean, that's a pretty traumatic thing. That means everybody's being knocked down all around you, and you're still standing. How would you do that? No, <laughs> oh, I'm still standing, but 10,000 knocked down at your right hand? But it shall not come nigh me. He didn't say it was going to be easy to walk through. He didn't say you're going to get to be in Candyland. He didn't say everything was going to be all a bed of roses. He just said thousand at your, 10,000 at your right hand, you're going to keep walking and by faith speaking out and saying, well, we're going on, we're going on, we're going on. Amen? Amen? Amen. We'll put your Bibles up. Now, let me have my prayer team come down right now, if you would. If you're out there, you're watching the broadcast today, I just want you to know, man, Jesus loves you. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he loves you and he wants to take care of you. And I want to ask you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, then right wherever you are, just stop and call out to Him. Say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God, and right there, wherever you are, He'll touch you. If you're in here, church, matter of fact, everybody stand up. If you're in here today, I want you to know, whatever situation, whatever problem you may be facing, I do. it doesn't make any difference if it's something that's horrendously serious If you've been diagnosed with some some dreadful something or if you you just got a hangnail, God loves you and he wants to take care of it. He does. He wants to move in your life. He wants to touch you and he wants to move in your life. I'm telling you, God wants to show himself strong to you. He wants to do miracles. He wants to do things to you that just make you say, wow, how did he pull that off? Because he wants to bless you. Why? Because he is your shield. And your reward reward is exceedingly great. Amen? Amen. And so I want to encourage you today. Our prayer team's up here. If you need prayer about anything, you just want to get some faith going this morning. The Bible says if the two of us agree is touching anything, it'll be done. And you just want some agreement, well, we're here to pray with you today. But if you're out there, listen to me, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, well, of course, you don't have any peace with God. You can't really produce any faith. We're here to pray with you. Don't leave this building today unless you know you're right with God. If you're not sure you're right with God, that's why we're here to pray with you and help you to get to that place. But I want you to take the hand of the person beside you. You say, they sure do hold a lot of hands here in church. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm trying to make you hospitable. Instead of being a bunch of porcupines, you know, we've got to grow in to get rid of some of our thorns and our bristles, and we've got to start being hospitable, okay? Okay. And I want you just, I'm going to pray over you. And I want you to leave today full of faith and bless and know God's going to work with you. So Father, I pray over each and every person here today. I ask you today that whatever's going on in their lives, whatever they have need of, whatever situations are taking place, that Lord, you do work miracles in their midst, that you are their shield and their exceeding great reward, that they find out this Lord, how much that reward is and how blessed they are. So, Lord, I ask you just to move sovereignly. You see every heart in here, you know, each every person and what's going on in their life and what they have need of. And I put my agreement with it and I lose the anointing of God this morning over it and just declare, Lord, bring it to pass. Bring it to pass. Lord, we don't want to be like Zechariah. We don't want to have to be struck mute. We want to line our speech up. So, Lord, just show us how so we can become like Abraham and start going around declaring we're a father of many nations. So, Lord, bless them this day. Put your hand upon each and every one of them, Lord, because we're your faith-filled servants going out into the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.